Hi, my name is Shamaka and you are welcome to Let's Pass. This podcast explores what I call my refining season. It is basically all the experiences that I've had that has helped me to learn a bit more about myself or taught me very important lessons. I will be sharing with you my high, low and very special moments. I do hope you like very good conversations because from time to time, you'll be hearing from very good friends of mine or just me. I hope this podcast inspires you, that you can relate with it, or at the very least that you are able to listen to my very silly stories. I do hope you stick around, but until then, have yourself a good day. Cheers to those. Speak soon. Hi, welcome back to the second part of The Pilgrim with Father James Anginwu and David Owumi. In this particular segment, we look at the concept of truth. Does truth change? Um, Is truth subjective or objective? We also look at the role of love in telling people the truth or the role of love in this, um, in understanding actually what the truth means. We also look at the role of the community of Christ and the importance of fellowship within the community as we journey through life's pilgrimage. I do hope you enjoyed this particular episode. Happy listening. Hey guys, welcome back to Les Pass. I'm still talking about um, the pilgrim's journey, um, the pilgrimage journey here on earth. I'm still here with Father James and we have a couple of conversations or a couple of questions to go through too. Um, I really do appreciate you sticking around uh, to listen to this second part. So I would I will continue from the last conversation that we had. We're talking about truths. Now, when you call people to have the conversation, and um, Father mentioned telling them the truth, right? But then these days we hear there are different things. There are different versions of truths. You hear people say your truths, my truths. Um, and you begin to wonder, please, what is this truth again now? Because sometimes personally it also gets confusing for me because as much as I don't want to judge people, right? I don't, I'm, I think one of the things I struggle with, I, I'm confused with where is the line, right? With being judgmental and telling people the truth. So my question to you is, I'm going to start with you, David. Um, is there a standard truth? Or do you think that truth is mutable? What are your thoughts about this, David? Well, um, I think the term I picked up there is mutable, meaning truth can change. Am I right? Yes. Then if it can change, then it's not the truth. What do you think? Because, first of all, we'll start with what, what truth is. All right. So, truth is, um, I was listening to a conversation with someone just before our, our call. And then he talked, the pastor talked about principles and talked same principles irrespective, irrespective of your social class, you know, your, your genuity and all of that. Principles mm-hmm. are principles. You know, you can you can't bend them. You can't change them. All right, you mm-hmm. have to abide by them, or you get out by them. Um, I, I guess that's the same thing with the truth. Um, Father James made mention of a scripture: "The truth shall set you free." Mm-hmm. The truth shall set you free. So, if the truth changes, then I think I have every reason to question its ability to free people or to you know the promise of freedom and i think that is where 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 the word the word of god comes in so uh, I, I'm, I'm trying my, my possible best to be to be philosophical and not really inclined into you know the word of god 
um, completely because we, uh, I'm, I'm sure not just Christians will listen to this, um, to listen to this um, podcast. However, one thing we need to understand is this: um, truth is not it's not objective. There is no such thing as my truth. There is no such thing as your truth. All we have is the truth. It's only a question of um, who is willing to understand or who is willing to prove that it's the truth and not your truth or my truth. I think that's the very first thing. Um, secondly, as regards in relation to the council culture, um, I, I think we, we cannot change the opinion. We cannot change the opinion. Or, I, or should I say it's not our responsibility to to attempt to change, directly change the opinions of others, to change what people perceive as the truth and not the truth. Rather, mm-hmm. it's our responsibility if what you believe it's our responsibility to actually experiment our truth. Yeah, that's the right way to put it. Mm. So, if you, if for example, bringing it down to our Christian, the Christianity context, yeah, you're you're going out there rather than you going out there. You know, we always say that the best way to evangelize is not by telling people Jesus loves you; it's by showing them. Showing them, yeah. Yeah. So if you, rather than you going out there and having discussions, you know, and arguments about my truth against your truth, why don't you experiment your truth? And then we would understand, I think action speaks louder than, than, you know, voice and words. Um, So it's not about, I don't believe that there's anything such as my truth, your truth, you know, it's about the truth. And the only way for us to know the truth is when what we perceive as truth is being experimented and everyone, you know, irrespective of, you know, their beliefs or we are standing, social standing or whatever, um, abides by these laws, abides mm. by this truth. Yeah. So if, if, if it's, if it's solid enough to conform to, to counter your, what you believe, to counter your belief and beyond reasonable doubt, you know, beyond mortal, you know, mortal reasoning, then I think it's, it's actually worth, worth it. You want to, Think about and reflect about when you you know you first gave your life to Christ. Well, so many people do that every Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure everyone goes like, "Oh, you again? You were here last Sunday." <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, when we first encountered God, I know um, I, I was a church goer, but it was I remember it was when I was 19 I encountered God, and when I encountered God, it. it all I all, all God showed me through the Holy Spirit at the way of testing all the knowledge, all the things I, I held on to as my belief, my Christian beliefs. It was mm-hmm. then I understood the difference between you know serving God and being of service to God. It was then I knew understood the difference between just going to church and actually fellowshipping in mm. church. It was then I understood all, you know, it's, it's actually tested all of my, all of my beliefs, all of my values. All right. And in testing all of my values, if, you know, if you so, if I was so ignorant enough to uphold my values and say, no, even though I it know that yeah. Yeah, it has to be this, and I think I would have, you know, destroyed a long time ago. Yeah. I know I would have been, I would have swayed, you know, but, but it's, it now comes back to what I was saying. Truth, you know, you have to experiment it. Even in science, you know, as a scientist, you, you know this, yeah? When you're going to talk about a theory, you're going to... I'm not in science, But you understand, yeah? You, you do research, don't you do research? You do research, Yes, I, right? I was going yeah. yeah, so to touch yeah. it. Yeah, I was going to touch it, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, you do research. So, and when you're trying to do research, you don't try to prove um, your principle, my principle... 
Mm. You try to prove the principle. It's a theory, all right? What makes it a theory is, you know, graduating from, from just a thesis to, you know, and all of that to a theory is the fact that it's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It, you don't have to argue with it. You don't have to believe in it or not. For the fact that it, it has been approved as a theory, it is yeah. what it is. It can't change. It is what it is. It can't change. So, and I think that's that's actually how it is. If we now bring it into our personal, our Christian life, yeah, it's not about what people perceive, you know, as the truth. But in the, in the in the experimentation phase, we now get to find out. Okay, well, this is the truth. It's not about my truth. It's not about your truth. It's just yeah. it's not. It's not about my my word. The way the way the Holy Spirit spoke. Or transmitted or translated the word to me and the way it translated to you. So, yeah. it's, it's, the way it would minister to you is the way it would minister to me. Is the word it's the word, it's the word. God is God never changes. If God is his word and he, he, he says that he never changes, you know, from age to age. We both sing it in church, from age to age you remain the same, and then you are the word, then I would have a problem or rather I have a question um, I would have to question God's genuity if then it changes which I know it doesn't change so. it doesn't change yeah it doesn't change so that's, it's interesting you you talked about um, theory and one of the things because this is something that sometimes the thing I grapple with especially um, I like what you said about um, sometimes it's not about trying to argue to say oh, this is my truth is superior right my truth is final um sometimes it's about testing it and showing people what it means so for us in the cost in as in the context of christianity is showing people what it means um, to experience the love of god and also showing people what it means to love god right and then when they because i i always say it's our lives are like compasses or mirrors somebody somewhere is looking at our lives. We have a lot of impressionable people who are looking at us, who are trying to mimic um, what we're doing, mimic our actions. So it is important that we take cognizance of that as we live our lives. But one thing that keeps ringing to my head, so in research, I don't know if you've come across this, so there are different schools of thought. And I know that, yes, we can increase God's wisdom and human wisdom. But again, these are things that we always have to make reference to. And this is the conversation Mm. that um, Mm. the philosophical school came up with. So in research, you have those who believe that. So we have the the far people, those who are the far right, they call them the positivists, who believe that fact is fact, right? So if if I add one and two, it's one and one to give me two it will not change and that fact is generalizable if i go to a nature and add one plus one it will give me two right so they for them truth is factual is logical it is what i see right now we have people who are at the midpoints who we call the critical realists so for them it's right so i know there's facts but I know that beneath this, there, there are things that I see on the surface and there are the things that are beneath that. So I'm interested in what is beneath that fact. Why mm. have I come to the conclusion that one plus one is two, right? Can any other thing give me two, right? So this is the work of a critical realist. Now, when you go further in, you have those who are, they call them con, um, the constructivist school, but then this is where my thought is as well, the interpretivist. Now, for them, essentially, it is, well, yes, we know that truth is socially constructed because um, time and time change, people evolve, 
right? People get more exposure. And what might be true at one point for them might not exactly be true later on, right? So Mm -hmm. um, that truth is socially constructed and it is not generalizable. It might be peculiar to that particular context in question. Now, I'll give you an example. If you reflect to the time where before we... Uh, before we got our faith, right, and most most of our forefathers were practicing traditional religion. Now, one of the things that was um, a taboo at that time was the birthing of twins, right? So when you give birth to twins, the truth then, or the notion then is that these things were evil, these children were evil, mm. and didn't, didn't, um, didn't deserve to be living, now, at that time, in that context, that was their truth. That was truth for them, right? Now, it took for somebody else to come with a different orientation and an exposure to see, listen, um, how about you allow these children to leave, right? To actually see that what you guys are saying, that they are witches or they are evil. Let's see. Experimenting so, the truth. Let's experiment in that. So, yes, as much as, this is my point, so as much as you experiment the truth, um, again, I'm trying to balance how, because people change, um, we get more exposure, we get more knowledge. For me as well, I think as an individual that I've also changed a lot because um, there were attitudes or things that I picked up when I was in Nigeria that I'm, when I am here, I'm like, oh, actually, it's not supposed to be like this, so, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah? So, again, that's the question. Is there, is there a standard of, is there, is this standard hinged on something? Or do we change alongside the standards? That's where the confusion comes from. Now, for me as a Christian, um, I always come back to the word, what does God say about this? But for people who are not Christians, right, and we are, we're aware of all of these variables. How does all of this work? Knowing that we change as humans, knowing that contexts change, knowing that sometimes some laws will change, right? Um, there's another analogy that I read about today that blew my mind, but I want to hear your thoughts about this. Okay. So, um, like, like I, I said earlier, all right, um, what makes it a theory or what makes it the truth? It's the fact that it's not subject to change. Mm. All right. Um, we can have opinions. You know, for example, when you're going to perform an experiment and you find out that here in the UK, you perform an experiment and you get a particular result, and then you travel to Nigeria and perform mm. the same experiment and you get, you get get a different result under the same conditions, and then you start a question: Would you, what would you make? What would you make a theory? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we cannot we cannot generalize. We cannot come to a conclusion just like the vaccine. That the, you know, talking about the vaccines, you know, they had to test it under different conditions before before it was made before it was passed in as you know as okay. Yeah, the Pfizer vaccine yeah. is it's it's credible and all of that. We don't that, know. Yeah, we don't know. So mm-hmm. if if what what if you're going to talk about truth, we're going to use the word truth. Um, truth is different from perception. What we perceive to be true, um, and perception is always is, it's subjected to our senses. You know what we see, taste, feel, and what we know, what we you know, not rather what we know, what we expose ourselves to, our personal experiences, or maybe secondary experiences, reported experiences. All right, mm-hmm. um, that's that. Those are perceptions. Well, if you're going to use the word truth, 
There's no such thing as my truth or your truth. We can have my perception, what I perceive a situation to be or or, or something to be. It can be what you perceive it to be. But if we're going to use the word truth, then it's the truth, not my truth. So I think I think it's what we should what we should try to do try to understand is uh, before we say something is the truth yeah we have to experiment our perceptions all right mm. um, mm-hmm. if you say you you actually this is what you think it is um, or what you know it is in quotes like then then you could prove it experiment yeah. put it to work all right. Mm. Yeah, put it to work. And then from the results, definitely, we would know if it's the truth. Um, then we can question your perception. I just need us to draw draw, uh, draw a line. It's a similarity between perception and truth. I'm sure. If you're going to use the word truth, it's yeah. the truth. There's no such thing as my truth or tr- your truth, all right? But if it's perception, there's something as my perception, your perception. And they could both be right, you know, based on your standing, based on your experiences. You ask some people, are, human, are all humans evil? Some people mm-hmm. say, yes, all humans are evil because of their experiences. Someone else will say all humans are good because of their experiences. experiences. And you would not say that they are both right or wrong. You would not say they're, they're right or wrong. But it's, you, those are their perceptions based on their experience. But when we're talking about the truth, what is the truth? Are human beings evil or yeah, that's a different ballgame entirely? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So when the person who thinks all humans are sorry, when the person who thinks all humans are evil goes out there and then he sees someone like Father James who, 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 who expresses so much kindness to him, mm. that questions is belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would would you call that truth? So, so that's that's actually actually what, what I think we need to do. First of all, to understand that there's a difference between perception, what we perceive, to be true, um, yeah, to be true, and what is re- what is actually the truth. Mm-hmm. All right, and all of this is subject to experimentation. Experimentation for us to get there, we have to experiment our perception. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely amazing, Father. I, I, I apologize. We, I wasn't. I didn't even know you were still here. I thought you had dropped. <laughs> yes, I was listening to the conversation all this while. Thank you, David. It was amazing. Thank um, you very much, Father yeah. James. But what What are your thoughts about this? Yes. Yeah, so um, David has said it all. You see, there is nothing like your truth or my truth. I think that word, your truth because you do not want to label someone a liar in the first place. Mm, mm. So you do not want to label someone, you know, um, a fraud or anything at all. So you want them to say, okay, say that which you think is your own truth. Let mm-hmm. this person say that which is their own truth. Let's bring them together and have a dialogue and see where the, the real truth lies. So mm-hmm. when someone says your truth, it's just like saying your opinion, okay? Because there is oh, no mm, reality, mm. you know, subjective truth. I think it's just about your perspective, your opinion, what you think about this particular thing, or how you have perceived it, or how you mm-hmm. think it happened. Just like when you go to the court, this person case, the other person presents their own case, but it lies on the judge to decide. Sometimes even the judge does not get it right, okay? Mm-hmm. But then it lies on the judge to decide which one now should we follow. Where mm-hmm. the evidence mostly lies. And that brings me to, you know, what you said about, you know, existentialists, the empiricists, and, you know, the rationalists, something like that. So those yeah. who believe that 
you know, everything must be out of scientifical and, you know, empirical uh, proof. If it is plus one equals to two, then there is nothing. If it is not yeah. in the book of the science, then it is nothing. It's nothing, yeah. But I say this, okay? When you know God, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. The, the truth does not lie in the heart of man entirely. The truth is in God. Mm-hmm. It is only God who knows who killed this person or not. Okay. Yeah. All that we seek to do is to convince our mortal eyes, okay, exactly. and to convince our mortal consciences, and to make us to see from because we are limited. Okay. Exactly. We are limited to evidence. We are limited to the things we can see, perceive, smell, and the rest. But you understand that it, uh, the world does not end, just as we are saying in our discussion before. The world does not end with the things we see here, because the world continues. David, you said the world um, that our life continues till eternity. Yeah, so eternity. It's not about living once, but it is about living till eternity. And there is one who lives in that eternity, who oversees every other thing, and knows mm-hmm. which one is right and which one is not right. Okay. Now, you made mention of killing of twins. And what came to my mind was Plato's allegory of the cave. If you have, you know, read about Plato's allegory of the cave, have you uh, read about it or heard about it somewhere? No. 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 Plato's allegory of the cave is about, um, it's an experiment, okay? Put five people inside a cave or you were born in a kind of an environment Okay, you think your environment is the be-all and end-all of life. You say, this is it. Okay, this is how life should be. This is the truth mm. about life. Okay, until so these men were placed in a cave. Okay, and one of them fortunately escapes from that cave, made every struggle to leave the cave. And when the person left the cave, he saw a different world altogether. He saw things existing differently. He saw things existing in different forms and shape. He came back to the cave and said, listen, hey guys, this is not where it all ends. Okay, mm-hmm. there is still more. It's like someone in Africa who thinks mm-hmm. that that's the way of life. Someone in Nigeria who thinks that every road is, is not good. Okay, someone <laughs> who thinks that you cannot find any good road anywhere in the world. Okay, who think that this is the only way to speak, this is the only way to act, this is the only way to really survive. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you who have traveled out, that's why they say experience is the best teacher. You who have traveled out and you come back and you tell this person, Listen, no, 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 this is not the way of life, this is not the way to speak to someone. And he tells him, No, no, if you speak to him gently, they will deal with you like the conductors in the, in the past. <laughs> They will deal with you. So you have to immediately act as if you are also, you know, mad like them. In order to survive. You know, they want you to be like them in order to survive. And you say, no, that's not the way to act. That's not the way everything works. Your this car you're driving shouldn't even be driven on this road. And I tell you, hey, you never see anything. If you you, you want to survive, you want to survive, enter this car, maybe they go. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> so, so they see that as their as their way of life, okay. But you cannot compare it to truth because the mm-hmm. truth is that is li- the truth lies in God. Yeah. And when you know the Bible, when you know the Word, you understand that whatever placed that person in that situation is falsehood, and mm-hmm. has made that person to think that is the truth. 
Let me give you another a fowl and an eagle. An eagle found itself born within the, the company of fowls, okay? And each time this eagle looks up and admires the eagle flying on top and thinks, oh, oh, I wish I would be like this. Okay, I wish I can be like this. That eagle needs another to really push it to fly, to mm. become who he has been made to be. Made to be. You understand? Yeah. To become who he has been made to be. Now, it needs something to, to cheer him on, to ginger it, to, to be whom he has been made to be. So that's the allegory of the case. You know, someone who has escaped from this situation, from this scenario, and comes back to tell the others, listen, this is not the way it should be. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now there is another world out there. So, and when we know that everything does not end here, we then know that the eternal truth lies in heaven. Mm. Okay. Mm. All these mm. arguments will now be subdued, and we know that the eternal truth we see, and that is the only way to, to find the truth. Because I remember in John chapter 18, verse 38, when, when Pilate asked Jesus, Jesus was saying, My kingdom is not of this world. And then Pilate said, So you're a king then. Mm. So you're a king then. And Jesus said, You know, um, 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 that those who follow me know the truth. Okay, that those he says, um, um, he says, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Is to testify to the truth. And what is he testifying to? That God exists. That God loves us. That God can go every extent to take care of us. And that is the truth. And the truth is in God. Okay, and then he says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Mm. But when you seek the truth, you listen to the word, you follow Jesus. And then Pilate asked, what is truth? And Jesus kept quiet. Because right in front of Pilate lies the truth. Remember when he says, I am the way? I am truth. the truth. I am the truth. Not I am a truth. I am the truth. The truth. I am the life. So when you follow me, when you know me, you know the truth. You're still listening to Les Pass. And we see every evidence of the truth in the Bible when he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And with that, everything will be well. From the point, from the creation to the Ten Commandments, to the old disobedience, to sending Jesus into the world. That is God telling us, no, you are going astray. You are going away from the truth. When we get the Ten Commandments, it was all meant to keep us together, to keep the world flowing, to bring order to the universe. And he gave them the truth. Do not do this. Do not do that. Because once you commit this, it leads to another sin. It leads to another sin. And then we begin to struggle. And that's the struggle we find today in the world. So people want to define truth from their own point of view. But it cannot be. All you find is perspective. All you find are personal opinions. Even the only thing I tell you today that is the truth is that God loves you. Mm. And when I say that to you, I'm telling you the absolute truth. God yeah. loves you. And God will go every extent to take care of you. And that is the truth we found in the scriptures. Now, when you come to empirical evidence, especially when it has to do with person-to-person -person interaction or person-to-person -person offense, okay, when you, you know, or 
the realities you found in Nigeria, the realities you found here in the UK, and you begin to compare both, which one now should we believe in? Of course, your mind should tell you that God's plan for you, in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, he has planned a better future for you. He has planned that you prosper and bear fruit. And any land that doesn't bear fruit, what does it say? It cuts off. And any yeah. place that bears fruit, it proves that it may bear more fruit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where you have found yourself is a place that you can bear more fruit. According mm-hmm. to your heart desires, according to the way God has planned it for you. Okay, And when you see it happening in your life, you think, Oh God, thank you Jesus for placing me in this situation. Where I will continue to prosper and serve you. Because he wants mm-hmm. us to prosper. He wants us to benefit. Okay, and mm-hmm. our life, if we... Okay, there is something I call circle of errors. I call circle of errors. And in that circle of error, you find people can say, that is the truth, okay? But it's, they are all circle of errors, and it is true. Mm-hmm. You just want to repair a particular road, okay? This person did not repair the road, so the road has spoiled, okay? Now... Yeah. That's the circle of error. The money has been given, but the road was not repaired. So this person ate the money. The road is not good. And what does that do? It affects the other person. Okay? It affects the other person. And like that, it affects the other. It affects the other. It affects the other. Because it goes on from the road is not good. You mm. The other person may have an accident. The road is not good. Okay? Things, prices will go up. You remember Niger now? Prices yeah. of things start going up now. Uh-huh. And the next thing you know, you know, the drivers will say, don't you see that road is not good and all that, you know, war will start to ensue. Mm-hmm. People will start to fight against each other and all that. That is, I call it circle of errors. It all started from one person. Yeah. From an error committed by one by person and then it circulates to the rest. And it will keep going until one person decides to break that uh, mm. circle of error. Mm. So I think I think it lies on us as pilgrims, okay, as especially Christians as well. And every person who desires the truth, okay, who desires to know which is the truth, it lies on us to break that cycle of error, to continuously seek God, to continuously seek the way of Christ. And once we do that, we will never miss that way. We won't even find ourselves in a situation where we'll be struggling, which is the truth or not. Jesus even found himself there, like he said to the apostles, um, I think it was in John chapter 14, also he said to them that, you know, in this world, you shall face persecutions and the trials, but do not mind, I have conquered the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has conquered the world. So when you seek the truth, when you seek the way of Christ, you will face persecutions, people will come against you, people will, will, will make you doubt your belief, will make you doubt yourself, but do not mind, okay, because he has conquered the world, and you know where you are going at the end, yeah. Mm. You are still listening to Let's Pass. Don't go anywhere. Father, you took us to church. Like, this is the whole homily. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Bless the those, those who will make our time to listen to this podcast. Today I know. Thank you, thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome, David. You're welcome, Chairman. You, you two are also inspiring. 
Thank you. You're learning. You're learning. But we're learning, you know. Uh, well, I'm learning from you too. I'm just a learner. <laughs> I'm just a learner. There, there was something you said that, oh God, like, I don't know. It just it sent shivers down my spine. You said, no to uh, know God and know the truth. I mean, for us, that's it really like knowledge of God. We get mm-hmm. to know the truth because I mean, in all these things that we're grappling what's truth and what's not truth, God is the one that shall created you. Mm-hmm. first and foremost right and there was no person that would know how to knows you better or knows how to govern you or govern our kind better than god so mm-hmm. obviously there is um some sort of directive that would help you to navigate this pilgrimage that we are on, on earth so know god and know the truth so thank you so much father for that but yeah, one of I the think, things I think the quotation should be john chapter 16 verse 33 Hmm. Yeah. John chapter 3. Father, please repeat that again, please. John chapter 16, verse 33. 16, verse 33. Okay. Thank you very much, Father. Um, one, don't worry, please. We're, we're getting, I, I can tell that we, we, we've been here for a bit, so we're getting to, <laughs> we're getting to the end, end of it. <laughs> So still on knowing God and knowing the truth. So there is sometimes, I don't know about any of you, if you've experienced that, but personally I have, um, with, with, with knowing God, there's this confusion, right? Um, am I searching God the right way? Um, should it be me searching first and then uh, or should it be a case of me asking him to help me how do I even know that I'm searching right you know so all of these questions plague my mind like how what is the best way to allow God to lead us on this pilgrimage do we ask him to reveal himself to us or I'm not sure I, I remember having a conversation with a friend not too long ago and my friend was at the point where from his conversation, he sounded more like an agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. So he didn't quite believe that there was God. Like he knew there's a force, but he didn't quite believe. He was like, well, if he's there, fine. And he had a lot of, um, not, I don't want to say problems, but um, sentiments about the Bible, you know, whether I was really inspired by the Holy Spirit, as we say, uh, whether people, you know, so different things. And again, more, most of the time, one of the things I find people forget is that the church, which we're going to come to in a second. So we have two aspects in the church. We have the mystical, which is the God one that is all perfect. And we have the human aspects as well, which is flawed because we're humans. But I'm, I'm going to circle back to the question that I asked early. How, what is the right way? Um, is it us seeking God, help, asking him to help us on this journey and how do we know that we're seeking him the right way? Father, I'll ask you this question, direct this question to you. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think it's in Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 to 4. It says, his divine power has been given to us or has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through this, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. 
you see, our pilgrimage here on earth is um, we need God, okay? Mm-hmm. And how to experience God comes with the knowledge we have of the Word. Now, the first thing I remember David uh, made mention is that God has given us everything, that what we need is inside us already. Okay, our purpose, he said, he used the word, our purpose is within us, okay? But we need to stir them up. We need something to stir it up. And now we need the grace of God to stir that purpose in us up, to stir us up in order to embrace God and achieve our life's aim and purpose. Now, um, how do we, um, do we allow God to seek us out or do we seek God, you know, do we go on to seek him? In our journey towards um, eternity, it goes, uh, I would say it goes triangular, okay? It goes, uh, God, Jesus said, love God, okay? Mm-hmm. So take yourself as the left side of the triangle. So you say, love God, okay? Mm-hmm. And love your neighbor. So when you love your neighbor, that they, 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 is it, the horizontal is, is the line on the ground, right? And the vertical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the horizontal, the horizontal line, that is the love of neighbor. And the two vertical lines that point up, they are the love of God. So if your neighbor loves God, God showers us with his grace. So it goes up and down. And the yeah. one that is horizontal goes also that way to you and to me, to you and to me. And that mm-hmm. is seeking God, really. Okay. If you really want to seek God, you seek God through your neighbor. You seek God by prayer. You seek God by act of charity. You strive to meet God in doing these things. But mm. if if we want to seek God in an ascetic way, it's also good. Okay, by pouring ourselves out, suffering ourselves, going in to fast and pray and the rest of them, it is mm-hmm. also seeking the mystical part of God. Okay, yeah. so experience that spiritual, you know, indwelling. You know, that spiritual indwelling, you go ascetically. But when you come to the human perspective, who Jesus actually admonishes us to follow is by loving each other, is by doing that act of charity, is by being kind to others. That's how you see God, really. Because Jesus says, whatsoever you do, to the least of my brothers, that you do unto me. Okay. So, when you seek God in your neighbor, you find him. But when you, sometimes we, 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 we remove our focus, okay, entirely from the people around us, and we begin to look elsewhere, mm-hmm. we fail. But when we seek God in our neighbor, Jesus has given us everything around us to find him, you know. So, but we lose that focus. I've seen some people who, who decide to say, okay, this, I'm seeking God. I don't need people. No, <laughs> you cannot seek God without the people. Because in them, we find God. Remember when Jesus was about to go and take a rest with his disciples and pray. And he saw the people gathering. He saw them as sheep mm-hmm. without shepherd. He immediately attended to them. Attending mm. to them was his way of that is godly. 
Remember, with everything around him, he still found time to attend to people. You understand? He still found time to attend to people. So, in the people, we find God. God, who has created us in his own image and likeness. So, in us is God. In others is God. But then, there are times you can also seek for private moments. When you go to seek for, you know, personal reflection and fulfillment and nourishment, those are okay as well. But that which you are seeking for is to help you in order to have a good interaction with others. Yeah. And not to stay away from others. So mm. in all things, we find God within ourselves. That was why Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. Mm. You know? So we cannot find God without others. Mm. Mm. We cannot mm. find God without yeah, the others. The absence of others, yes. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's very great. Mm. Mm. Um, and what are your thoughts? I mean, I feel like Father has pretty much preached all the sermon truthfully. <laughs> but I also like yeah. to hear from you, David. I think one of where this is one of the last questions um, for this episode. But I would like to hear your thoughts. Like, what has, what is your own personal experience? How did you know that, okay, I found God? Or are you still searching? Um, well, I would say I'm still searching. But, okay, let's let's put it this way. Um, when God created Adam, he put Adam in, you know, in the garden, in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And um, as we know, the word Eden actually means in English, it's an Hebrew word, I think, and it means presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God put Adam in his presence. But while Adam was in God's presence, God still had a fellowship with him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's not, uh, for me, it's knowing that I'm in God's presence, but. To avoid backsliding, which is where most of us make the mistake. We've made this mistake like several, you know, several in the past, and I hope we don't make it in the future again. But we 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 feel that just because of the fact that you know we we acknowledge that we are sinners, and then we have the intention to to follow God's will, and then we find ourselves in this aura, you know, in God's presence. We just feel that by being in God's presence, that's it. Mm-hmm. We don't seek, you know, we don't try to have fellowship with him. We don't study our Bible. We try to meditate on the word, try to speak with other others of similar faith to understand mm-hmm. what the Holy Spirit has taught them, to share our ideas and mm-hmm. to strengthen our faith. We don't do all of these exercises. So I think that's about it. That's now bringing it to my life now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in God's presence, but it's now, I think for me, it's now my responsibility to ensure that I keep on fellowshipping with him so he keeps on revealing deeper secret things to me Um, one prayer I pray before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning is oh lord as I go to bed reveal deeper secret things about my life and about this life in ways that I would understand and act towards them as simple as a prayer is it's really done so much for me because um Every day is a battle. 
every yes. single day, you know, you get off your bed. It's a battle. Um, till you go back to bed, it's a battle. And you trust me, you you it's more like you going to going to a battlefront and then you're 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 going there, you're not taking any any getting any, any insights from your co- from your commander, you're not taking any weapons with you, you don't even understand the situation in the battlefront. You just wake up and you just go straight into the battle. Even if you're the friend of the commander, that is not sufficient enough. You still need to co- have a good conversation with the commander. Mm-hmm. To, commander, to know, okay, what's the situation today? Where are we to position? Um, what are we not to do? These, these, are, these are actually some of the key things that I think that I, I ensure to do on a daily, daily basis, trying to have that conversation with God. So what is it today? What am I supposed to do? How can you get? This is what I'm going out to do. These are the opportunities that presented themselves to me. I'll be meeting this person. How do you? How do I speak to this person? How do I forgive this person? How do I? You know, these are some of the conversations that that I have with him. And I think it's it's actually it's not a one-off process. You know. The more you fellowship with God, the more you even want, you look forward to the next day. Next time, you, you, know. you, you know that it's going to be a different experience. The, the next experience is going to be totally different from, from the previous. And you just keep on growing in that peace, that love, that joy, you know, and that contentment in God. Mm. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, not, it's not final. I love what you said now, David. I love, you know, it reminds me right now of Lamentations chapter 3 from verse 22 to 23. You know that song, right? The steadfast love of the Lord Lord never sees. His We're fellowshipping here. We don't know. Oh yes. <laughs> every day you see. Every day. Every single day. Every single day. Yes. Every single day. So for me, it's 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 a two. I think it's a two way thing. You seeking God and God seeking you. Um, if you if you stretch the, the beauty about God is that even if you don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. As long as you stretch out your hand, and that mm-hmm. hand is pointed towards seeking God, He would always find you wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty about it. Mm-hmm. Not it, it, God is not going to ask you to try to trace your steps back and meet Him where He would find you exactly where you are. Yeah. Um, so, so it's actually a two-way thing. But I think God has also blessed us with free will. Despite the fact yeah. that he loves us, he will not make certain decisions for us. But the moment he sees that we are open, you know, yeah. if my people who are called by my name, you know, humble themselves, yeah. and, you know. So once we make that attempt, mm. no matter how subtle we make that attempt, in, in shame, broken, we make that attempt, oh Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Today's battle is fierce. I want you to show me the way, not in the way that I will take the glory, but in the way that the world mm. will know that you alone did it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, and I think I think that's that's about how, how I, I go about my, my, for me, that's my relationship because that's what it is. Um, that's just what you say, um, speaking the Lord, it also reminds me, sorry, I'll, I'm, I'm, because of this broadcast, I want to put them in, in kind of perspective and quotation. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 30. 
It says, mm. you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. Mm. <laughs> you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So you made me from stretching out. You know, stretching out. Stretching you know, out, yeah. Stretching out in your weakness, in your strength. Stretching out. And stretching you out. Because yeah. Stretch. Yeah. And um, the beautiful so, thing is, when, when you stretch out your hands wherever you are, you think you think you are far away from God's reach. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you find that like, He has always been there. Yeah. He has always been there. You know, He has never lost sight of you. He has always been there, just waiting for you to just surrender. Why are you making me to quote scriptures? No, the Holy Spirit. That's that's you see that's 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 it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us right now. So that's the truth. You know? not, oh. not, not, not opinions. That's not opinion. Not, not opinions. Opinion. <laughs> so I'm glad your 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 spirit bears witness with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So it says it says I, 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 no, it's not 52, but I think it's somewhere in Isaiah. It says that his hands are not too short to to reach us. Now his ears, mm-hmm. you know, too deaf to hear us. To hear us. Yes. You know. Yes. You know. So, in fact, just what you said, you know, where you are, you think you are far away. You're far away, yeah. And yes, but no, you are not. Even even in Psalm 129 or so, or 139, it says that he searches us and he knows us. He knows our resting and our rising. Mm-hmm. You know, even if we hide in the Shehol, he will always, you know, reach out to us. Yeah, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1, you know. The arm of the Lord is not too short to save you, you know. And then Psalm Psalm 139 as well. Okay, God searches us and he knows us. He knows our resting and our rising, you know. He knows everything about us, you know. And even if we go down to the deep, he will, his life will. Yeah. He knows our resting. I mean, yeah. this is this is it really. Like it, it just it's just that sometimes um, we like to do God's work for Him. Um, we like mm. to think that we can help Him find us. I, mm. I feel like my own experience, we can help Him just in case you don't know that I'm here or see me or I'm here, <laughs> but you know. But He knows, He knows, and He's the ever-present God, ever-present. Whenever you look for Him, He's going to always answer you. And I think that sometimes, I don't know if this is any other person's experience, I see that I feel like sometimes God also wants you to try it. Let's be intentional. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to actually take that leap of faith. I want you to come and search me as well. Um, I feel like sometimes we get too comfortable in that presence, in that aura that we talk about, that mm-hmm. we don't actually push ourselves. So how can I, to say this prayer, Lord, how can I know you better today? Show me how to know you mm-hmm. better today. So um, it, it's a lot. This God, like my mind is so blown this night. Like both of you have given me so much to think about. And no, I'm sure for the wrong. listeners as well, it's been such a blessing. It's It's been an honor as well to have two powerhouses here. It's more me. Mm. Huh? That's Even Father now. James or Father James, yeah? No, I'm, I'm David. I'm David. Father James. James or Father James? Father James and Father James and David. Father James and Father James. <laughs> 
I have just one last question. I promise this is the last one. Um, we're talking about fellowship, right? I often hear people say, oh, church is in the heart. I don't need to go to church. Um, I just stay in my house and turn on the TV. Now, maybe before I used to believe that, but I feel like God created community for a reason. Mm. And as you mentioned, uh, sometimes, um, here's the thing, this thing that this analogy that God, uh, the Bible talks about, about um, the body, you know, the head has a function, the heart has a function and all of that. So we have functions that we play individually in our, our work to faith, our work with God. But then that, that's, that facet of our work to faith is often discounted because of our ego. Sometimes we tend to think we know better than God, right? Um, so we decide, actually, i rather worship from home. I, again, this is, these are my thoughts, right? Now, I just want, maybe, again, to reemphasize the value of community mm-hmm. and then the body of Christ. So here, let me give different traits. So your community are, my own community, for instance, are my friends, right? That's in, they inspire me a lot. Um, when we're going through one thing or the other, so you're praying, you know that somebody's saying prayers on your head, somebody's genuinely calling you and um, to find out how you're doing, to find out what the progress situation is like. And then you have the body of prayer that is the church, right? Where you go to fellowship, where you go to hear the word, um, where you go to also serve as well, right? What is the role of this two aspects of the body of Christ? Because of course, the community is a facet of, you know, the body of Christ and then the church. What is the role of this body of Christ in our lives, pilgrimage? Mm-hmm. I'll start with you, David. Oh, great. So um I think I'd start with something something I, I've I've believed in for a very long time. There are five decisions that we make in our life that actually defines or to a large extent tells us if you're going to fulfill God's purpose in our lives or not. Um, the very first thing is um, the people we choose to hang around with. Um, and that's both um, our acquaintances, those we call our friends, those we get married to, if you get married. Um, the people we build relationship with, that's the very first thing. Secondly, it's the career choice. Um, second, uh, thirdly, it's the... Um, the sort of educa- um, education that we choose to have. Then fourth, it's actually the our, our faith, all right? Mm-hmm. Then finally, it's the places that we be. We're talk, talking about the environment, the energy that we surround ourselves with. So I think, outside, I think your question actually covers the very first part, which is um, the importance of the relationship, community, and fellowship. Um, there's a part of the scripture that says, um, I... Do, um, as iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of a man. You know, so I think it, no man is an island. When Jesus Christ came, which is is our model, when when he came, he did not need the disciples for power to get some form of power or no. He understood the importance of fellowship. Mm-hmm. He understood the importance of. Accomplishing goals together. Together. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're an island, or if you choose to be an island, then definitely you you have nothing to offer because the more value you are willing to create for people, the more value you're willing to put out there 
trust me, the more networks you would have, whether you like it or not, consciously or unconsciously, the more people are drawn to you, the more you're drawn to people, um, you know, you're, you're pulled by others. So bringing it to, to, the, to God, in our relationship with God, we need we need people of maybe not not of similar 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 faith strength. They could you know they could they could spiritually they could be above us. Uh, you know God uses anyone, but we need people who would actually sharpen our faith. Mm-hmm. We can actually. It's really important. Um, God, I don't believe that God would deposit. One of the things that you know Jesus Christ told us is love your neighbor as yourself. So if some if just picture God trying to tell us to love our neighbors as ourselves, if he's trying to accomplish that plan, even if I'm not God, um I'm made in his image, if I'm trying to accomplish mm-hmm. to ensure that my children, I have children and I want them to love themselves, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what child A needs and give it to child B and take what child B needs and give it to child A so that child A and child B would always be dependent on each other. Yeah. That's exactly how it is with God. So even in the Bible, it said according to according to the grace, according you should we should minister according to the grace. The level of our we all have our different God blessed us with different gifts. Um for some it's the it's the word teaching, for others it's healing, for others it's you know different gifts. Now, these different gifts are the different bodies of Christ, all right? If you cannot, the, the kidney, your kidney cannot stay and say, okay, I'm kidney, I don't want to have anything to do with the liver, I don't want to have anything to do with the intestine, I don't want to have anything to do with other parts of, of the, uh, you know, of, of the respiratory system. Is it? No, not respiratory system. What, what's that? I forgot my biology. <laughs> yeah, excretion, 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 yeah, excretion system, yeah. <laughs> You cannot walk alone. We are we are different bodies, so we need each other. I need to walk with you according to the grace that God is giving to you, according to the blessing that God is giving to you. You need to walk with me um, according to the grace that God is giving to me. And together, when we come together, we're able to function together in one body. In one body. Um, I know Pastor, um, Father Father James would be able to buttress more on this, but I think from the little understanding, the layman understanding I have of this, it is not possible for us, first of all, it's not possible for us to accomplish that with God has set for us if we don't build good relationships. And the basis for all of these relationships is an understanding of the fact that we are different bodies. We are different parts of one body, um, which is the body of Christ. We cannot work independently. We we need to work with each other, you know, with our faith, you know, sharpening sharpening each other's faith, and then moving together progressively, moving the church, the body of Christ forward, uh, fulfilling that which which God has designed the earth for. So I think that's it. But I'll hand over to for the James. I'm I'm grabbing my pen now so I can learn a few things. Um, yeah, I think I think I think from from my own um, point of view and from my understanding about how you know God, the community of faithfuls can help us in our pilgrim in our life pilgrim is you see even though you have drinks in your home okay you can drink at home but most of the times you choose to go to a bar mm-hmm. mm. you have libraries in your home. You have libraries in your home. You have books everywhere. But you've chosen to attend to a school. 
why do you go to a bar? Why have you chosen to go to a school? Now, those libraries at home help you to sustain that which you have learned from school. School. Bar at home helps you at times when you feel, okay, you don't want to go to a bar away from home. You decide, okay, to have a, a drink or two. But when you get to the bar, you mix up with your friends. You have a chance to eat each other. Now, why do you come to the church? Okay. When we have the gathering, the church believes that um, the family, first of all, is a domestic church. Okay, we call the family a domestic church, coming together to pray. And the church starts from that family. But now when you find yourself in a community of prayerful people, in a community of people who pray, the people of faith, it helps your faith even more. Yeah. It keeps you up even more. We learn from each other. We learn to pray each other. We share each other's prayer life, worry and success and failures, and we grow together. Now, look at what Jesus did with his apostles. Most of the times, you find him with the people. Other times, you find him with his apostles only. During the Passover meal, he did not have that Passover meal with everyone. No, he had it with his apostles and few of his disciples who were hanging around. Mm. And what does that tell you? And you remember, that was the institution of the Eucharist, the foundation of the church. You understand? The foundation of the church. And during Pentecost, what were they doing? They gathered together in prayer, in one heart and mind. As they were praying, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them. And what do we do in the church? We gather, we pray, we pick power, we are empowered, we, we release our burdens, and we go out there and we, we express that power. We express our faith. We express our love. We express yeah. others. And then we become weak. We gather again in the church. Okay. We energize yes. ourselves. And we go out there again. Mm. So a friend cannot say, because I have a drink at home, everyone come to my home. Not all the time you want people coming to your home to have a drink. Yeah. You enjoy mm-hmm. it more when you go to a bar and sit around with distant friends and with others whom you don't even know. You have a drink, you have a child, you play, and the rest of them. Some people choose to go to a club. Why not do that in your home? Why choose to go to a club? club. I have friends. We can light up candles here and there. We have a club. Why choose to go to a (laughs) girls' club, right? Now, Mm. that is why you also choose to go to a church. Church. To pray to the Lord, to praise God, to gather with those who have the same belief as you do, and to learn from each other, to grow with each other. So Jesus calling these 12 together, he energized them, and they went out. I remember... Each time after their mission, they will always come back to themselves to re-energize themselves and then to go out more, to gather people together. During the persecution, that's when you know that church is very important. Mm. During the persecution of Christians and mostly Catholics themselves, during these persecutions, you see that they always find a place to gather to worship that gathering was very important. I remember the stories I heard of Ireland. You know, Ireland is one of the most staunch Catholic places, but they faced huge persecution from the English people. Now, during that persecution, they, they always find themselves in, in, in closed places, okay? And they celebrate Mass quickly, fast, fast, like 10 minutes. You know, they will preach and then they, why not tell themselves, okay, we can yeah. come out of the house, okay, everyone go to your home and pray, don't come out. 
But it is mm. really important that they know that they have, they can together conquer whatever they were facing. So together, they held on to their faith. They needed each other. So so also, we need each other as the church. We need to be careful. We need to mm. be enlightening ourselves, energizing ourselves, you know, nourishing our spirit, and then going the work like Daniel, you said, every day is a battle. The world is a battleground. Okay? And for you to gain mm-hmm. the power, the word says, you know, um, the armor, the, you remember the breastplate, the armor, and the rest mm-hmm. of them. You come to the church, you wear these garments. You know, you get the breastplate, the faith, and everything to go out there and face the battle. Even the word says that we are not wrestling with, with the flesh, but we and when yeah. you know that we are wrestling with principalities and powers, why trivialize your faith? Why trivialize matters of faith and the church? Mm. You know, mm. you need to gather together and pray them out and re-energize and go out and face whatever is facing us. So I think mm. the church is very important, yeah, in our journey as pilgrims in this world, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Amazing stuff, Father. Amazing. This, the analogy that you gave that's resonated with me is the analogy of the church and the library. Mm-hmm. And for me, that I used to say, oh, I'm a homebody, I'm a homebody. But COVID showed me that I'm a, I'm not a homebody. <laughs> because it got to a time when I was like, Please, when are these people opening? I just want to go out. I don't have to. I just want to leave my house, you know. And that thought crossed my mind because a friend of mine called me yesterday and said, oh, come around, we're having something. I checked the distance from my house. It's like one hour, 36 minutes. I said, how am I going to do this thing? But then I remembered COVID. I said, no, wear your clothes and go out. <laughs> so, I mean, that analogy is very apt in, in uh, I hope that people, it resonates with a lot of people. Um, we have the, we have a church, we have a library. We also have libraries in our house. We have a little prayer corner in our own houses. But we need that communion with people. We need fellowship with people to be able to then go back on and further sustain ourselves. So it is very relevant, very, very relevant to seek fellowship from our peers and for people who are in the church because we all make up the body of Christ, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. Thank you so much, Father oh, James and David. You. I am so blessed. I've been richly blessed by this, uh, by the conversations this night. Yeah, I've likewise. had a lot of things yeah, to take away, to learn, to reflect on, and it's been such a joy. I'm so grateful for the time as well. We pretty much spent a lot of time talking about this topic, so I'm mm. I'm I'm very very grateful. It's worth thank it. you. Thank You're you welcome. so much. And, and, and can, can you still hear me? Can you hear yes, me? Yes, Father. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, to, and to add to that, you see, when you go to a library, you notice that it's not just you that's reading. So yes. seeing others reading energizes mm-hmm. you more to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, that's why we need the community of faith as well. Are you writing that down? 
my my brother you know? <laughs> that is straight from the source straight from the source oh my god yes so because when you are home sleep will catch you you want to eat food you yes. want to let me sleep small you know yeah. yeah. so all things like man yeah. yeah that's true that's true yeah. thank you thank so much you for the so much for the thing and thank you so much david i'm just yeah. going to round up now um guys thank you so much for if you've been listening thank you so much for sticking around this has been a very long episode and then the previous episode as well um i hope this episode really resonates with you um i hope you were able to pick up a lot of pointers to reflect on on our journey to life's pilgrimage i hope that you remember god i hope that you seek god for the truths i hope that you test you get to test your truth i hope that you show people the love of christ and above all as well I hope that you decide today to forgive, to love, and not to cancel people. But more importantly mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. that you seek you seek to tell the truth. I mean, you can't tell the truth. You can't give what you don't have. So you seek to tell the truth by seeking mm-hmm. to know the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. I hope this blesses you richly. Thank you so much for listening and have a, new, have a good night, everyone. Thank you, Father. Thank you, David, once again. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, Chiamaka. It's my pleasure to... Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you very much. Have a good night, Tracy. Have a good Thank night. Have good a good night. night. Bye. 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 Hi. Thank you so much for stopping by Let's Pass today. If you actually stuck around this long to listen to this voice, you're truly an MVP. And I'm so thankful for the time you took out to listen to this podcast. Until the next episode, I want you to have yourself a wonderful day. Cheers. Speak soon. Toodles. Bye. Hi, hi. Welcome back to Let's Pass. I hope we've all had an amazing month so far and that everything is maybe not working out, but we're making progress with the different places where we are and that we're surrendering to God, our plans, and allowing him to work in our life. Now, today is a solo episode, so it's just me here today. You're not going to be hearing from anybody. But it was a topic that I wanted to discuss for the longest time. I didn't quite know what to give this episode or I didn't know what to call it. And so while introspecting or would I say reflecting, this came to mind because I realized something that I was introspecting and then there were several um, significant memories that jumped before me. And this is what I want to talk about today. This episode I call Memories That Matter. You see, in life, we're constantly in pursuit of the very next thing. Uh, sometimes we lose ourselves. Sometimes we, we don't even understand what we stand for again. But for me, these memories, what they help to do for me is it reaffirms to me what is important in my life. So it reaffirms to me what is valuable, what is value for me. It reaffirms to me as well places where I've had an oversight that it is critical to go look up, look into and it helps me to appreciate the journey of my life. Memories that matter, memories 
are important. Memories are really important because in the busyness and in the bustleness of life, if we don't create memories, it's difficult to have something to look back to. So today I'll be I'll be sharing my own memories that matter. And hopefully today afterwards you can decide to do a reflection to pull out the memories that matter to you. I feel like these memories are useful in helping you to identify who you really are, what you're all about, and how you can get to the places where you have lost sight or lost focus in. <music>